Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you today that we can come to you with every burden of life and that there's nothing too big or nothing too small or insignificant that we cannot lay at your feet and place on you as a burden. Lord, thank you for carrying our burdens for us. And Lord, you have said when we are weak, you are strong. And so Lord, thank you for carrying us through the hard times. Thank you that we can come to you when we have peace and when we have anxiety. Lord, carry our anxieties and help us to heal from them as my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you for our verse today out of the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. The title for my talk today is Anxiously Wanting Something. Have you ever really badly wanted something or prayed to even receive it? Then became anxious that you wouldn't get the answer that you desired. I was recently trapped in such a situation and I didn't know what to do with my anxiety. I wanted God to fulfill my prayer for earthly possessions. It was more than possessions. It was a wish for a change in lifestyle, a change of environment, which was actually within God's instructed guidelines for our lives, to leave the city, settle in the countryside where there would be a less corrupting influence on myself, on my family. And I wanted to buy a piece of land in a quiet, secluded area. I had found a piece of land, a perfect piece of land in my mind, And I loved this piece of land because of the prospects of what it could bring and produce both in developing the land and the environment, and also what it could do in me, helping me to be more stable emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. But the question kept coming up to me, and the question was, what am I going to have to do to get this piece of land? What would I be willing to do to acquire acquire this piece of land? And then temptation came. Why not be dishonest, bend the corners, do whatever it is that you can to acquire this piece of land? And this went against everything that I believe in as a Christian. Or I said to myself, if I'm not willing to go that route, I could break myself to work so hard, harder than I've ever worked, in order to acquire more money, in order to buy this piece of land. I was willing to sacrifice time, pleasure, comfort, temporary luxury, even health to acquire this piece of land, this property that I wanted. Never in my life have I ever wanted something so badly. Have you ever felt this way? Now, I was in a bit of a conundrum because it wasn't a bad wish in and of itself, even possibly within line with God's purpose for my life. But something kept saying, don't make this thing your idol, Nandi. God won't give you a good gift if it's going to come first before him or if it's going to make him second in your life. If you will love this thing more than God, it's not going to benefit your life. And in the end, as you were hoping, It will not be for your good. But I argued with myself. But you know, the kind of lifestyle that I was desiring, you know, it would actually allow me to have a closer connection with God. And then it struck me. It's not the land and getting the land that was the problem, but it was the extent to which I was willing to go to get it, to sacrifice integrity. But it was the extent to which I was willing to go to get it, 
sacrificing integrity, my relationship with God, time, and even possibly my mental and physical well-being in order to acquire this piece of land. And a horrid thought popped into my head. Nandi, you would die for this land, but would you die for me? Would you be willing to invest the same kind of energy, time and money, even your health for a project for God's kingdom that doesn't benefit you personally? And the answer was unfortunately probably not. I wanted to be in that kind of headspace where I would be willing to sacrifice everything for God. But I knew that my desire for sacrificing for him wasn't as strong as it was for sacrificing for this piece of land. God had directed me to understanding my predicament during my morning devotions, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I would sacrifice so much for an earthly home and an earthly piece of land, a place where I could feel closer to God. But was I willing to do the same for a heavenly home, for a heavenly land, or a place where I could permanently be and feel close to God? I wanted a small piece of heaven on earth right now. But would this little heaven on earth not make me forget my true heavenly father and my true heavenly home? And these verses strengthened my thoughts. Proverbs 6 verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 16 verse 19 to 21 was the verse that I read that morning. It says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust doth um, corrupt and where vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I knew where my treasure was at that moment. It was on that piece of land and that's why my heart was there. Biblical examples of poor people popped into my head. Um, Hebrews 11 verse 8 to 10 says, Abraham lived in tents even when he reached the promised land because he was looking forward to a home that was not of this world. You see, his affection was not on this world or worldly things. Luke 9 verse 58 um, I thought about Jesus, where he said, Foxes have holes and the birds in the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus didn't have any earthly possessions to distract him from his mission. He didn't even have a permanent home that he could call his own. He was always dependent on the wayfaring of people to invite him in. And then the verse that I started off with, 1 John 2 verse 15 to 16. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it is of the world. You see, the problem for us is not wanting good things or even loving good things. But it was, for me, the focus of my love. Was my love focused on God first, my Savior, my heavenly home, and preparing for that piece of land? No, my love was on earthly things. Was my love for God in heaven deeper than the love and the want and the need of this peace and land? And at that very moment, I can confess that it was not. The honest answer was no, at least not in that moment. You see, I love God, and all my life long, I can remember I've always wanted to do His will and His ways and what was good and what was right. But did I at this moment anxiously want God in heaven? My question to you is, do you strive with all that you have to gain heaven? Was I striving with all I have to gain heaven, to secure a relationship with my heavenly Father? In life, we can make idols even of good things, and I think that I was in danger of doing that. Thank God that He spoke to me through my devotion. You see, we can honestly, desperately want things that are good, 
But if it comes first, if those things and that desire for those things supersede our desire for God and heavenly things, then those things have become idols in our lives. Um, in life, we can make idols out of good things like relationships that we desperately want, homes that we desperately want, jobs, education that we desperately want. Don't get me wrong. Desperately wanting something isn't sinful. But when your desire for this person or thing or position outweighs your desire for God and heavenly things, then you have made that thing your God or your idol. It becomes an idol because it's taking the place of God in your heart and your mind where he should be first on your throne. He should be first in your mind and in your heart. The Bible warns in a prophecy in the church of Ephesus where it speaks about us not letting go of our first love. This church did. Revelation 2 verse 4 said, Nevertheless, I have this against you, speaking to the church of Ephesus. You have left your first love. God was softly saying to me, Okay, Nandi, wanting that property is okay, but now learn to love and want me in the same way and even more. God was reminding me to taste and see that the Lord is good. Not just that the Lord is good, but that the Lord is better. Better than relationships, better than houses, better than lands, and better than possessions. Now you may think, <laughs> I've learned something about Nandi today. Nandi loves money. Nandi loves fancy, expensive things. Nandi loves property. But you see, this was not the case. The land that I wanted to buy was very cheap. The house on it was basically a shack, hardly worth being called a house. As a matter of fact, the bank told me that, that doesn't they don't consider it a house. It's a shack that should be demolished. So it was not treasure or wealth that I craved. It was a simple down-to-life, down-to-earth lifestyle in nature amidst the mountains where I could plant my garden, wake up and be amongst God's creation. Not a bad dream. I said, and very much I believe in line with what God wants for his people, a simple life, an easygoing life, a life free from debt, a life where you can have a self-sustained kind of living where you eat off the land like in the olden days. The problem was not the outcome or the land, but my divided attention, my divided love, and what that love almost made me do as a child of God, made me almost sin and compromise my integrity. What are your desires, your dreams, your wants and affections doing to your spiritual, moral, physical and mental well-being? You see, as I started off, I said the title for this talk is Wanting Something Anxiously. I wanted this so anxiously, it affected my mental well-being. I believe that anything that supersedes our love for God in our hearts becomes an idol. I realized that I needed to change, and I promised myself that I would learn to anxiously love God in the same way, that I would learn to lay awake panting and longing after Him, that I would pray and fast for Him the way I was doing for this land, that I would try every possible way to be with Him the way I was trying to be at this land, that through my day He would be on my mind like this land was on my mind, that I would seek to be excited about Him and talk about Him the way I was talking about this land, that I would request prayer requests in order for me to reach my heavenly home the way I was praying for my earthly home. You see, I had to heed the biblical warning that those who want to get rich fall into the temptation and the trap um, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. This is what 1 Timothy 6 verse 9 and 10 says. So I withdrew my heart and my affection from the land. The offer that I put onto the land I withdrew as well. And I prayed to God and said, if it is his will, I believe he will open a way for me not to destroy my health, my integrity, integrity or my bank account in order to get this piece of land. You know the interesting that hap thing that happened? My anxiety immediately subsided. 
All of that anxiety that I felt, that worry, that fear that I wouldn't get this land, this thing that I wanted so badly, it all went away. I promised that I would invest more in God and his kingdom. And the funny thing is, there wasn't any anxiety involved in that pursuit. The funny thing is, anxiously wanting God doesn't give you anxiety. Anxiously wanting the things of this world causes a lot of anxiety. Believe me, I know. And then when we ask God to help us to break the spell on our idols, we have to be available for God's spirit to help us. You see, the spirit of God is ever seeking to break the spell of infatuation that holds men absorbed in worldly things. God wants to help us to break free from that infatuation, that, that almost covetousness of things of this world, and to, awake, to awaken us to a desire for imperishable treasure. This is what God wants for us. And I believe that when we seek the kingdom of heaven in this way, he will, like the verse says in Matthew um, 6 verse 33, add all those things unto us. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Um, says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who, who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I'm twisting this verse a little bit, but I believe that this verse is saying that we should anxiously seek God and search for him and God will reward us. What will be that reward? I don't know, but I know it will be beautiful. He says he rewards those who earnestly seek him, who anxiously seek him. Our anxiety should not be for worldly things, but it should be for God. You see, it's not about discrediting the things that we want or like or desire, but we need to learn to behold something better. Um, better than those things, those desires and likes that we have. Behold God's goodness and all that he is and was and will be for us. Behold and search for something better. Search for God. I demolished my idol. Was it easy? No. But I decided to focus my desires and wants on my true God and worshiping him. And I believe that one day God will reward me by seeing him face to face. My true God, my true, if I want to call it, idol. You see, salvation and eternity should be our focus. And all the extra treasures that God give us while we're on this earth, we should thank him for. But be careful that you don't destroy your mental, your moral, your physical health by chasing idols. Do not sacrifice your God-given powers in pursuit of obtaining things that you will end up loving more than God. God desire, deserves and claims our first and loftiest thoughts and our first and loftiest and holiest affections. This is what God wants from us. Our love and our desires and our anxiety should be focused on him and on nothing else. Look at the story of the rich young ruler. When Jesus told him to sell everything that he had and follow him, he chose that which he loved, that which he had worked hard for, over a companionship with Jesus because he hadn't invested in his relationship with God. Because where his treasure was, that was where his heart was. Look at the parable of the kingdom of God being compared to a hidden treasure. It says that when that treasure was found in the field, the person went and sold everything, bought that piece of land to obtain that treasure. That treasure is the kingdom of God. God is saying through this parable that we should be willing to give up everything, that we should be willing to kill ourselves to get that kingdom of heaven, to get that relationship with God. That's where our anxious want and desires should be. So I have prayed for God to help me to grow into that desire where I will give up earthly things to gain heavenly treasure, unlike the rich young ruler. 
So my challenge to you is, is that maybe my testimony will encourage you to start investing anxiously in God and his kingdom and a relationship with him, that you will start learning to fall in love with God, to taste and see that he offers far more exceedingly happy joys than earthly possessions and positions and relationships. Build something beautiful between you and God that cannot be destroyed or stolen by thieves or moth or rust can corrupt. Place your affections on things that are lasting, on things that can bring you true joy, not just for this earth, but for the world to come. May God bless you. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our free audio mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone on WhatsApp. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological ways to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you would like to receive these free audio mental health devotions, then send the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. And now. May your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.